one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. So I am going live today to talk about um, everything you need to know for getting a new pair of running shoes. I just was getting a couple of questions lately uh, in various situations on buying new running shoes. And I was like, hey, I wonder if other people need to know this too. Um, and this would be a good topic to go live about. Um, but also, gonna, I know a number of you guys had some questions on specifics. So I will go and address that in a bit too. So first off, buying running shoes. Let's just start with the basics. Buying running shoes. I would not suggest just buying them online. I would not suggest just buying them at any store. I would definitely go into a running store. Running stores are going to have the best models of running shoes, the best quality of, you know, models of running shoes versus you just go like to a department store or something. They might have like new balance and stuff, but it might like not be the best, you know, style of running shoes. So I would go not just for that reason, but I would go to a running store. Also, they can help you some at the running store, you know, like they are usually runners themselves. You're going to get different quality as far as getting fitted and stuff. But honestly, most running store, I would, you know, I definitely recommend going into a running store. So that's number one. So how do we go in, you know, picking out running shoes? Like, how do you know? Okay. Number one thing is going to be the number one rule is really just going to be what feels the best. I know it seems super simple, but what shoe feels the best? I would definitely go into the running store and ask for a good variety. If you're me, I try on them all. <laughs> even these days, even when I know I don't like a certain pair, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they did with these Brooks launch these days. What do they feel like? Just because I like that stuff. I used to work at a running shoe store as well. Shout out to Runner's Corner in Provo, Utah, or Orem, technically it's in. But that's a fun job, by the way. Get lots of shoes. But trying them on is going to be the best part. So get a variety. If you, there's a, you know, if you have no clue where to start, ask people at the running store. If you do, then, you know, if you know you like a couple different brands or, you know, you, I only like this, I only like New Balance, but hey, let's try on a couple of them. That's where I would start. You're also going to run in them. Almost all running stores are going to let you run them. A decent amount will even let you run them outside. Some will have a track, some will have a treadmill. So run in them. And number one tip is going to be like, which one makes your feet feel at home? Which one makes your feet feel the best? And starting off, that is what you're going to go with. Okay, we'll get into some more. That's not all you need to know. The next thing I'd like to let people know is running shoes tend to, now it's not like an end-all be-all rule, tend to be about a size up from your normal size shoe. Um, reason is we want room for our feet to move in the shoe. We don't want to be super tight. Um, that's going to be a little bit different from like racing flats and stuff like that. We don't want to be this in like a glove. We want our toes to move. That's a whole nother topic we could talk about importance of your feet moving there are foot shaped shoes out there maybe we'll talk about that a little bit as we get into this a little bit more um zero drop we'll talk about that as well but they want room to move which means you also the next thing i want you to know so i told you the first thing what's most comfortable but when picking your size 
you want from the end of your biggest toe. So maybe it's not your big toe. It's not always everyone's big toe. Sometimes it's the second toe, but the biggest toe that you have, um, the longest toe, I should say, you want at least a half of a thumb's width to a full thumb's width from the end of your toe to the end of shoe. So at least ideally a full, if you can go with it, it's going to feel weird at first. Um, if you're used to really being really snug, it's going to help your feet to go as best. Now, if they're not foot shaped, it's still not going to be as good, but sprawl out as best as they can um, and not lead to some other injuries that can be caused when your feet are really cramped in there. Right. So rule number two, want your foot, your rule, I don't know, it's not a rule, but you want your, your, you want your feet to be able to move in the shoes that you are wearing. Um, now let's get into two different topics. I want to talk about zero drop shoes and I want to talk about pronation control shoes because it tends to be two different topics that, you know, come up. So first off, let's just talk about a drop in issue. If you ever hear this term, at least to just educate you. So you know about this. So there is a drop between the heel of a shoe and the toe of the shoe. Historically shoes for the most part. No, I don't know if I should say historically, but in the most recent years, <laughs> um, have a pretty built up heel. And most shoes we've, you know, worn growing up have a built up heel, meaning the difference from the heel to the toe, like from height, how much it goes down is it's usually over 10 millimeters in like a normal running shoe. I'll put it quotes up if you end up listening to this later. Now, as you've heard, there's more, there's, there's been the whole barefoot running craze. There's now more minimal shoes. There's zero drop shoes. There's foot shaped shoe. I want to go into that a little bit and the benefits uh, when it might be good to do something like that, when it wouldn't be. Uh, now, I have never ran in zero drop shoes, meaning uh, heel to toe again. The difference, I was telling you what like, they're usually built up, but heel to toe is zero, right? It's flat. It's just like we're walking barefoot, kind of how we are made, right? Um, there are shoes out there. Number one ones I know of is Ultra. Also, I think Newton and oh, I think Newton has an, I, I don't know if I just made that up, um, but Newton and Oh shoot, I'm forgetting the name right now. There's another shoe that's kind of similar to, to Ultra, a lot, zero drop, foot shaped, completely blinking. I'll add this if it's important later if needed, but benefits of that can be sometimes, you know, people that have had a number of injuries and they switch to more zero drop or even more minimal, which minimal would be considered not as not like a normal, like 10 millimeter. It might be like a four or a five millimeter difference between the heel and the toe. They tend to be lighter, not always, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but they, that heel to toe drop is less. Um, sometimes if you struggled with injuries that can help. Uh, now I'm not saying I wouldn't, this is not my first suggestion, like go out and change this necessarily, but in certain situations, I'm not going to give you any like guideline to go by when you would do this. I'm just kind of going to put that out there overall in shoes and everything, what we're going to go over here with this. And then also in pronation control shoes, I'm going to talk about too. Rule of thumb there is if it's not broke, don't fix it. So like if you're running in a pair of shoes and like you're not having injuries and you're running pretty good, like I wouldn't just randomly, you know, decide you're going to go to zero drop. If you're in like a 10 millimeter drop, my opinion, at least if you really wanted to just know transitioning into more minimal shoes takes time and you need to be smart about it. It is something I've considered doing with I've had a ton of foot problems, so I have always thought about it, but I would be going very gradual if I ever did that. Again, with more minimal shoes and stuff, it has been found like sometimes they'll help with like hip and knee issues, but they tend to also can lead to some more lower limb issues in the sense of um, it requires more of your calf to work when we go more minimal. So just some food for thought. Um, I'm not saying like one way or the other, I really do like more minimal shoes. Um, I'm just making you aware that those are out there you go into the store and someone's like, Hey, the ultras are really awesome. Like they really are. I'm, I love them, but you're running in like a new balance 10 or 880, let's say, which I think is like a, I think it's like 10 millimeter drop 
like that's a huge difference and okay cool but you need to know that there's going to need to be like a training <laughs> you got to take the training wheels off you can't just go all the in so i just want to hit on that too so that could be a whole nother episode but just kind of want to put that out there so you know to to just know about that and i always like to ask you know at running shoe stores granted it depends on where you go if they're actually going to know it but like what is the heel to toe difference i know that i usually run in this shoe like for me i ran run in new balance 880s and 1080s i think the 1080 is an eight and i think the eight or yeah, 880 is a 10. So I know where my body is used to. So it's just helpful to know that, oh, I'm going to go on the Saucony Kambara now and it's a four millimeter drop. I'm going to go on Hoka's, which a lot of them are five millimeter drops. Okay, I know this might, I just know that I shouldn't probably just go for my long run now in these Hoka's because my body's used to the eight to 10. Does that make sense? That's more so what I want you guys to know and to think about if you are going to do that. Um, Hoka's, they're like these, you know, tend to be bigger, hunkier shoes, not as much these days but they're actually a more minimal shoe in the sense of the heel to toe drop. Um, a lot of them, I think are five uh, millimeter drop. Okay. Enough on that. I think I don't want to go into that, but I think that last little spiel that I want is the most important part of like why it's important to know and how that would help you to determine, um, uh, if you are getting it, you're changing brands, right. Or you're rotating between some now best situation. We'll go here right now. Right now, best situation for, in, in running shoes in general is you do want to be rotating between a variety of pairs best situation now i've gone through periods of time where i'm not i'll be honest i tend to find the shoes i love which right now in my past like five years is new balance 880s and 1080s i like to stay there like they feel like home right um but it is good to rotate um it has been found that less injuries when people rotate their shoes um and if you were to rotate and they're going to have different like heel drops totally cool but just know again just going back to the whole like you're not just going to go do your long run in like a minimal shoe. And if you're not used to it, gradually build that in. But that's number one or number, I don't even know. Number three, or number three to rotate your shoes, have multiple. Now I know you're like, oh man, I was just going to go buy one new pair. Now I got to get two. Um, but I'm just telling you best situation and that it can help. It has been found in research to help prevent injuries. Okay, we got that. Or you not prevent injuries as much as you're less likely to get injured as often. Does that make sense? Um, I think the, the whole thing with running and any activity is if you're going to do it, you're, you're prone to get injured eventually. Right. But let's reduce how often it happens and, and as best as we can. Okay. Next topic on running shoes. Hopefully this is helpful. Let me know if this is helpful. I haven't checked any of the comments in the Facebook group yet, but the next topic that comes up a lot is pronation control shoes. And Hey, I pronate like, so I, I, you know, they, I went to a running shoe store. They looked at my gate. They say I pronate. So I need like some, I need some pronation control. I need some extra support, blah, blah, all that. First off, again, I said this before, it's not broke, don't fix it. So if you've been running in a pronation control shoe, say for a while and you're doing well, you're not having injuries, probably wouldn't fix it necessarily if you're having no issues, right? Now, if you're wearing pronation control shoes and you have been having issues, now I'm not against maybe trying to get out of them. Overall, I'm not a huge supporter of pronation control shoes uh, and more and more of the research is going this way, you know, in the latest years, you're still going to have people that are really big supporters, big supporters of orthotics, all that stuff. Personally, I'm not, I'm big supporter, especially in all my foot injuries I've had that you need to strengthen your own feet and have them be their own support. When you have pronation control, basically what it's doing, basically what it means is there's like a little bit of extra buildup on the inside of your shoe, right? The inside medial part, it's going to have a little extra support bit. So the idea is like, oh, I pronate, which means I can go in like this. If you're on the live, you can see where my, my hand is going, that I'm pretending to be my foot. And it's going to help control that not to happen. But ideally, 
we don't want to have to rely on that. We want to rely on our own arch, our own muscles down here to, to build a support. And I can tell you it's possible, literally can, because I tore my plantar fascia, which is right here, this inside spot. I lost a good amount of support. It's one of the major structures that adds that support there. I will add that when I returned to running really recently, like three weeks ago when I was going longer runs and stuff, like I was like, I was telling my coach, I was like, I feel my foot feels flat, right? Like it was, it was a lot flatter than it was. I was probably pronating more, whatever, <laughs> but I'm doing lots of exercises to build up my, my arch. I don't, I don't want to rely on a shoot. I want to rely on myself. So there's my two cents on pronation controls. Um, you're going to have running shoe stores that you walk in and they tell you that, um, luckily the running store I wor worked for, I mean, they're way beyond, you know, ahead of their time. They're awesome. Like just awesome store. Um, but like they weren't a big support over to either. So, but anyways, um, that's a side note, but for the most part, like, unless you've tried everything else or you're just like really pro it, it's like awful. And like nothing else is working or again, you've done it forever and it works. Okay. That's cool. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but overall I do love to be in a neutral shoe. If you go into a store again, they'll know this for the most part, for most people, um, is going to be best. And then, Hey, let me know if you, if you need some ideas or suggestions on how to, um, how to strengthen your feet. And let me know if you let me do like an episode on this, because I can definitely tell you all about that from personal experience, but also from being a PT and running coach. Um, but lots of things you can do that are to strengthen your feet that most people aren't doing. Um, and going to just tie in one more thing, just because we are talking about it. Um, but I, I was talking about zero drop before and how I was sharing like how I'm not necessarily running in that right now, but I, one thing I do love to do is either a walk barefoot as much as I can. Obviously a lot of times in life, we can't be walking barefoot if we're out in public. Um, but running shoes make the best walking shoes. And currently uh, one of my pair of walking shoes is ultras and they are awesome. I can just say, I actually have wanted to get a pair forever for, and I don't know why I just didn't for walking. And like, it's amazing. My feet can like move. They can sprawl out as I've been working to get my feet to, to sprawl out. Like they're supposed to kind of more like our hands, right? Not just in the shoes like this. Again, if you're watching, listening to this and can't see me, sorry, but you'll have, you can watch the live version. Um, but they just feel so nice. And it, you know, being more like barefoot allows my feet to be stronger and have to rely on themselves more than if I had more built up support, even during the day when I'm walking around. So just a little side note there. All right. What other questions do we have? So number one was you are going to go with whatever one, whatever shoes make your feet feel like home, whatever feels the best. You're going to run in them. You're going to go to a running store, ideally, to do this. Um, we went over zero drop and in indications to know there. Went over pronation control. As far as types of shoes, I guess I didn't really talk about that that much. Like, honestly, any shoe at a running store is going to be fine. I can share my favorites. I already talked about it. New Balance is my favorite. Um, I have a pair of Ons I just got. Like, I know those have become, like, the craze lately. They really do feel really good. I haven't ran in them yet, but... I like that they do have a bigger toe box as well. And they, they feel really nice. Um, I have, I wore Asics way back in the day. I don't run them anymore. I don't love them anymore. Um, Asics, nothing gets you. I haven't tried in a while. Maybe I would, but um, just share my favorites. A lot of people love Brooks. Personally, I just like Brooks for walking around in. Um, I've tried a few for running. I just never have loved them for running, but Brooks is a very popular brand that a lot of runners love. Again, I've never been a big, I've never loved Nikes really either, but obviously I know a lot of people like Nikes, <laughs> not my favorite, but what else? Um, Hoka's, Hoka's are pretty comfortable. Again, I've walked in them more than I've enjoyed running them, but a lot of runners, I would say seems like top 
that, you know, runners named Brooks, Hoka's, and, and New Balance, I was going to say. Um, Saucony's great too. Ultra, if you're wanting to try that zero drop, which uh, again, something I would love to do, but I need to set up a time to do it. Um, a lot of people swear by them um, as well. And I just love the idea behind, um, you know, zero, like having more foot shaped shoes because we, then we can actually use our feet how they're supposed to. But those are just a couple types I figured I'd leave in there. Now I want to pull up people had questions in the group. So I am going to pull up the questions. I know that Kate had a question our best shoes for battling shin splints. Okay. So like best shoes for anything, um, there's not going to be like, a, oh, you should definitely wear this or like best shoes for planet fishes. Oh, you should definitely try this. Right. Just like for everything. I'm definitely, I mean, Kate probably knows this. She, I mean, she's a PT as well, but just, you know, for anyone else too, it's like, you know, in shin splints, number one thing, I'm going to be looking at their training. Number one, a lot of times it ends up being like too much, too soon, too often kind of a deal with shin splints. Right. So I'd be honestly looking at that before I'd be like blaming the shoes necessarily. But you want to be replacing your shoes every 300 to 500 miles. So shin splints, I would be looking at, hey, have you replaced them in the last 300 to 500 miles? No, it's like been two years and who knows how many miles. Then we need to replace them, number one. But number two, take them through all this criteria. See if they're big enough. I bet a lot of times with shin splints too, they might have too small shoes. So okay, that would be the next day we're looking at is their shoes too small. Going back to the whole, hey, is there a half of a thumbs width to whole thumbs width between the end of their longest toe? So I'd be looking at that. And for battling shin splints, again, I might be looking at, did they switch big time? Were they like last season? Let's see, did she say this was? She's a collegiate cross-country runner, um, has a pretty decent arch, mostly a four-foot runner. Okay, she wears Reeboks. So honestly, I don't know a ton about Reebok running shoes right now. I wouldn't doubt that they might have a decent pair, like, but I would honestly, I mean, if you haven't already, ask her what her what the heel to toe drop is. And where was this similar to the same one she was wearing last season or this summer? Did she make a drastic change there? Potentially, that would be something to be looking at. Again, I'm not saying you can't make that change, it's just be mindful of the fact that oh yeah I was in like a 10 millimeter drop and now I'm running in a four okay like okay and then I'm running 60 miles per week because I'm in college college right so that would be something where oh that could that could add up for sure so again not that's bad but I would be considering maybe we need to go back or slowly wean into these new shoes yeah and then just go back to make sure they're big enough and then you know a couple of those shoes I just gave above are some of my favorites but I'm not gonna be like oh this is the shin splint shoe <laughs> you know I mean look at our training first honestly before assuming it's a shoe, but very good to consider all this and make sure she understands this. And then Katie too. I mean, like if, she, if she's not doing any like well, foot exercises, but this is, okay, this is shin splints, what I was going to say. Anyways, um, I would be kind of, yeah, looking at those factors, but definitely reach out if you have any other questions. I'm just making sure I don't have anything else to say with that, especially as it relates to shoes. Um, yeah, that's where I would definitely be looking. Of course, then we can look into her things like her, her cadence. And, um, you know, if she, where that's at, that's a quick thing to change that sometimes or, or st step stride rate that you can change easily, not easily, but it's something that if it's, you know, super low, we can go up by five, 10% that can help with injuries. Um, so that's another consideration to be looking at strengthening. You know, I'm going off the topic of shoes now, but that's where my brain would be going on this patient, all those things. Let me see. I know there was a couple other questions. There was a question from Anna who said, how often should you be replacing my running shoes? And yep, 300 to 500 miles is a general rule of thumb. Again, though, sometimes it'll be a little bit sooner. I had this pair of shoes once that like, 
I don't know what the heck was going on, but it was like done at 250. I swear. I swear this was not like a mental thing either. I started having some like heel pain and other stuff. I switched them. I was fine. It just like from running so many years, I can tell. And I know runners, if you ran for a while, you just know when your shoes are worn out. And I just knew. And I was like, what the heck? It's like, I have not worn them, but I don't know what happened, but they wore out really soon. My only thought was it was super cold in North Dakota. And I don't know if like the pressure when the cement's really cold makes it warm. I don't know. But I'm just being a little silly heel, but that was my only thought. Um, but okay, this question I was a little confused on, but let me read this again. So Shasta had a question on whether insoles with arch support might make some, so insoles with arch support might make some shoes work if they allow too much pronation. Okay. I think she's saying if, if the shoes allow too much pronation, would arch support help that? Yeah. Okay. So this is like, I mean, going back to whole pronation, pronation control, and I, you know, shared my whole opinion on that. But if you've been wearing, A, if you've been wearing in, in, insoles for a while, you're going to be used to that support, right? Or B, if you've always been in pronation control shoes and now you bought for the first time not pronation controls and you're feeling like, uh, like this doesn't feel right. Could I put like arch support in this, you know, instead? And she's also, she can't return them is what she said unfortunately. So, you know, my thought would be like, again, to you, I'd be like, why do you need, I, I could be wrong on this question. I don't know this, how I'm interpreting it though. But first off, like, have you always ran information control shoes? Maybe that's the case. And like, like I've said, like, it's not broke. Don't fix it. I'd probably, honestly, even though I'm not a big supporter, I'd probably stay there. Like if that's the case, then okay, cool. If you're just wanting to, because you've heard you should have, you know, some more art support, whatever, I would try the shoes without putting the you know, arch support in it or trying to make them more like pronation control shoes and try them out. And maybe this needs to be a follow-up topic. And instead I would try this, which is strengthening up your feet so they can feel supported in there. Arch support, I guess, could be an option then as far as if you're looking for that support, usually, you know, generally um, over-the-counter, you know, a support is just as well as getting custom made. Um, there's been studies on that. Uh, so I guess if I'm understanding the question, correctly yes the art support might help give you more of that support again that you're looking if it's not a pronation control but again I share my my opinions and my thoughts on the you know having our own feet get strong enough for it uh, and the fact that most people don't pronate it enough to truly need it but that's that hopefully that that answered that but yeah most um running shoes will have running inserts which if you are ever going that way for the most part you don't need to get like custom orthotics um they're they've always been found to just be just as good as custom orthotics of course i've worked with people that swear by custom orthotics but i definitely tried them when i was having um foot issues in college they didn't help me at all i did not like the feel of them but again from what i know now i'm not a huge supporter of them i always try to get my you know athletes my runners um to run without it but like i shared i'm not gonna say no if you have no issues going on and I'm not gonna make you change Hopefully I answered your question there, Shasta. These were two really good questions because I think they will be questions that other people have. I should say all three of them. I, I answered that third one too. Gonna, there's definitely going to be questions that other people have these. I hope they kind of gave a little bit of a lens into my thought process with these things. Like if you, you know, any PTs listening, even any runners, like you get some shin splints, like where should your brain go first? Um, and then also with the question about the arc sport. So I hope that was helpful. But all right, guys, that's what I have for today. I hope you guys go run your life and we will catch you on the next episode, next recording into the Run Your Life community. Oh, I should add, come inside the Run Your Life community. Um, it's a group of runners who are looking to run their life, not just in their running, but in their, their minds, um, in their souls. 
in their strength training. And we have an awesome group of other physical therapists leading this group. Um, so giving you running tips straight from physical therapists who are also running coaches. We would love to have you inside. If you are not already a member, let me write down or I forget, remember to put a link to it in the show notes, but come inside there. We'd love to have you. And if you are a clinician listening to this, we also, I also have a community of other clinicians who are coaches and uh, clinicians. And that is the run coaches and clinicians community. So if you're looking for a community of other people doing the exact same thing as you or similar things, you know, working with runners, um, we'd love to have you in there again, PTs, RDs, coaches, athletic trainers, whoever, Come on in there. I also live stream a decent amount into there on topics more related to the you know business side of things and knowing how to write plans for runner side things. So, all right, that's what I got. I will catch you guys on the next episode of Breaking Five a Running Podcast. Um, until then, go run your life and have a good night, everyone. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally Breaking Five, just a Breaking Five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their Breaking Five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.